Shall we begin? Hello, friends, and welcome back to the More Than Just Keto podcast. Today, we are in episode number 14. I am one of your hosts, Ashley. Hey, y'all. I am your other host, Molly. And today, we have a very special guest. Our first guest, actually, which is special, but also she's Ashley's mom. It's Diana. Hey, Diana. Hi. We're so glad you're here. Diana has a lot to share. Diana's got a lot of experience in keto. She has, well, y'all have heard about her. Y'all have heard about her from Ashley. You know, the stories. You Ashley's, guys love her. Yes. You, you know her. You love her. It is Diana. She is in the house. Every time she's on my stories, they everybody messaged me. They're like, oh, we love her. We love her. Bring back They Diana. just like to watch her eat. Yeah. We always t- <laughs> try things. They love it. They love it. Yes, so we thought it would be fun to get her on, share her story, because she is the reason that I am keto. And she has a very different journey than I do. And... I definitely feel like it could be helpful for a lot of people. Yes, absolutely. For sure. It will definitely help someone because Diana, you have had diabetes for how long? Over 30 years. Wow. 34 years. 34 years. And you have been living the keto lifestyle for how long? Almost three and a half years. Okay. Okay. Have you, well, so have you noticed a big difference with how you feel? feel in general eating the ketogenic lifestyle versus before you started that? So when I was doing the traditional dieting, I did not monitor my blood sugar the way that I should have been doing for quite a while. So starting keto was my attempt to start living a healthier lifestyle and take better care of myself and better care of my diabetes. Right. When I had my hemoglobin A1C, which if people don't know what that is, that's a three-month average of your insulin and uh, blood glucose levels. Before I started keto, it was in the eight range, uh, probably eight point something. Mm-hmm. And after my first year on keto, uh, when I had it checked down to probably just around a year. Uh, I had gotten it down to five. So for that kind of fluctuation is huge. It's just most people struggle with a normal uh, American standard diet to get their blood glucose under that kind of control. Right, right. And because I'm a type one, I'm insulin dependent. So I require insulin, a little bit different situation than most most people on keto. And fun fact here. (laughs) Funny. Fun. She actually became diabetic because she was pregnant with little old me. Yep. Oh. Yeah. I had good. gestational diabetes. Right. Okay. With her so sister it didn't go before away her. After you. Okay. Okay. And then I had it again when I was pregnant with Ashley. So type one diabetes, their pancreas just basically stops production or slows down production of insulin to the point where you no longer have any benefit from it. And so that's why type one diabetics require insulin. Because they can't make it. They don't make it on their own. Right. They have to so take they have to it. Supplement like it. like a yeah. shot. Yeah. You have to do like a shot. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. I remember my yep. grandmother, I was telling you about her before she had diabetes. And I remember she would say, my doctor keeps threatening me to have to take a shot if I don't get this under control. That's what she would say. She never had to do shots 
Uh, so yeah, there's type one and type two. Y'all, we're going to get some education today because I know a lot of us mm-hmm. don't know anything about this. And I know people have asked before if diabetics can do keto, or I've even heard that keto is bad for diabetics. So Diana, I'm sure you've been asked questions. Is it safe? I think there's a, a clarification to that. Most people who do their research on keto you will hear a lot about insulin resistance. Yes. And that's the precursor yeah. to type two diabetes. So this okay. is people like with PCOS. We hear that a lot in our community yeah. that, ty- that heart disease. I right. mean, they really think that insulin resistance is the, at the heart of all debilitating disease in our wow. entire world. Type one is not insulin resistance. It does not exist. Type one diabetes. I could not do anything to prevent that. It's basically an autoimmune disease of your pancreas. So that's the difference between the two. That's why you tend to hear more that a type two diabetic is brought on by diet and lifestyle. You hear a lot of people say, whenever someone gets heavy or obese, well, you're going to get diabetes. And so I think a lot of people automatically assume that people have diabetes, they just don't take care of themselves when that's not true. And you're explaining that very clearly that some people have, there's different types and a type one diabetic is not brought on by diet and lifestyle. However, you have proven that you're able to control your diabetes with your diet and lifestyle. Absolutely. And unfortunately, I didn't take it as seriously for many years as I should. I just took my insulin and I did what a lot of diabetics do is I just countered the food and the carbohydrates I ate with insulin. Right. And so if I chose to have something with sugar in it, or I chose to eat lots of bread or starchy foods, I would just supplement those choices with additional insulin. Well, a lot of people don't know this about insulin. It's a fat maker. Oh, I didn't know It's that. a fat binder. So when we have spikes in our insulin, which mm-hmm. we get those spikes from glucose. From every time you eat a carbohydrate. Mm-hmm. What happens? You get fat. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so that's why, that's where sugar and carbs play such a high role. It makes, wow. I like to think of it as like, it makes fat sticky. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it makes yeah. fat stick it makes to you the store body. It. it makes right. you store it. So for a type one diabetic, it's even a greater challenge. And it's one of the reasons, like Ashley mentioned before, that our journey is so different is she was able to lose a lot more weight than I've lost in total. And pretty rapidly, I would say too, with much the strict diet. Faster yeah. than I have yeah. because I have to take insulin it just automatically makes it more difficult for me to lose fat. It's better for me if I do extreme low carb and then also take less insulin because of that. And the less insulin I take, the better off for my fat loss, Mm -hmm. which again, I didn't start keto necessarily to lose weight, but losing weight is a side effect of being more healthy. Right. right. Uh, in controlling my diabetes. And she had to adjust for it. So, oh, well, I ate a lot of this. I'm going to have to, you know, give myself a lot of, yeah. And, you know, it's unfortunate um, that the American Diabetes Association still promotes people eating carbs and it doesn't promote a low carb lifestyle. And before 
I felt like I didn't have to make choices about what I ate, that I could eat anything I wanted as long as I took enough insulin to be okay. But I was killing myself. That is is mind blowing what you're saying right now. Like, wow, I'm I'm kind of, (laughs) I didn't know all this. I feel like already I know so much more just in what, five minutes we've been talking because I always knew there were different types But the fact, I mean, the struggle you must have had, like you have to really want to be healthy to do what you've done and not have to have the insulin balance out the situation in your body. What you said just now is something I say all the time. I eat this way for health. The bonus is that I lose weight because when you're eating healthy, you're going to lose weight. That's just how it is. When you're eating healthy and you're watching how much you're eating you're going to lose weight. Well, you're taking care of yourself, yes. you know, and that that's an, just another key component of, of losing weight and health in general. Right. It's not just working out and eating good. Like you're preventing possible diseases in the future. You, there are a lot of things, you know, insulin is such an amazing thing to learn about with yes. how it reacts in the body, how you know, there, you do hear people say that if you eat certain things that you are predisposing yourself to diseases. And one of the things that we don't talk about enough in our community is how we're preventing a lot of possible future cancers, diseases, whatever. There's a ton of ailments that can happen from eating that way. Yeah. Right. And I think that that, right. And it goes back to what we always talk about with lifestyle a diet has a main objective of losing weight. A lifestyle is diagnosing how you live and looking at all facets of that, how you enjoy life, how you live longer, how you um, think about your future health, how you, you know what I mean? Like it's, it's all the components that make up your life, not just a diet that gets you a satisfaction on the scale six months from now. And I think it's important that you said healthy lifestyle, like healthy choices, because it's, it's not for everybody. You know, there are people out there who are size two that eat carbs every day, all day, and it does not affect them. It's healthy for me. Right. I've tried everything, you know, the Jenny Craig, the Weight Watchers, the Mm -hmm. starve yourself Mm -hmm. for days and work out for hours and maybe lose half a pound in a month and be miserable and feel bad about myself and feel like, why do I see other people that are successful at this? And I am not. And then to unlock the mystery of my own health and my own body. And to find out that that was a low carb or zero carb diet. And not only did, again, losing weight was secondary, but it was the answer to improving my chronic disease. And that's what diabetes is. Every article I've ever read or the research that I've done, and I do a lot because I'm a nurse and I believe in science. I was about to Show say, me we the forgot proof. to mention, uh, Diana was a nurse. Yeah, this I was going to say, if she sounds so official, y'all, this is why she's <laughs> dropping some truth bombs because she got some knowledge. Yeah, she, mm-hmm. she studied that. Mm-hmm. Well, what yeah. I was going to actually mention just now uh, in response to what you were just saying, it sounds like you became your own health advocate. Is that what they say? Health? Ad- you became yes. responsible and, for your own yeah. health and you flipped the switch. You changed things and you took this responsibility of your own health and it has made your life better it is yeah because it, she it can never get life d- diabetes for her is never going away 
but finding a way to be able to just get, you know, it's very controlling to be attached to your monitors and to your insulin and all of that. And to get to a place where you don't have to feel like you have to worry about it as much, or you have to take as much insulin. I mean, that's a pretty amazing thing. You kind of get control back of your own life and your own body a little bit, you know? So you talked about the fact that the mainstream medical field, I don't really know the technical terms, but they're not saying, hey, diabetic patient, you should cut down the carbs to this minimum. Hey, there's this ketogenic diet that you could be on that would really help you uh, to improve your way of life every day. Um, and you wouldn't have to depend so much on the insulin and on like everything Ashley was just saying. Or maybe saying. avoid insulin. But like, right, some of why, them. why aren't they telling people that? Like that's They just tell people not to, to eat me. sugar. They just say don't eat sugar. They're not well, saying. I, yeah, I will, they do say don't eat the sugar or yeah. I will do a shout out to, I don't know if you're both familiar with him, Dr. Ken Berry. Oh, I've, see, I've seen He him. has a YouTube channel mm-hmm. and he's a medical doctor and he's great because he talks about his failings as a medical provider so for 15 himself. years or however many years he was in private practice and did all the standard recommendations to his overweight and sick and chronically ill patients. And then he did, I, I can't remember the exact story, but it's worth going and listening to his story because now he's keto and actually he's carnivore. He's, he's moved from keto originally to carnivore Him and his both, his wife, both. Yeah. And, um, he really talks about the failings of the medical community to educate themselves. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's not that anybody's doing it intentionally to be harmful no, or no, anything, but medical science has not kept up right. with those um researchers out there that are always looking for better answers and you know the reasons why certain people do well on certain things and so now that's all he advocates to his patients is like do keto he's like all of my diabetic patients the one thing i tell them is you need to be on a ketogenic diet so so there are people out there but but it's just not what they teach you in school Exactly. Well, my son is doing nutrition in one of his classes. I, the other day I did a little story because I was like, oh, it talked, it gave the food pyramid. And at the top, the little bitty thing was fat, oil, right? And then the sugar. And then down at the bottom was the bread and all the, the carbs. I think it was the bottom or the second to bottom. I can't remember. And I was like, well, clearly they're not teaching keto. <laughs> You know what I mean? And so it's just, it's surprising to me. I don't know. This is what I'm going to say. The doctor you just spoke about, Ken Berry. What did you say his name was? Mm. Ken Berry? Yep, Dr. Ken Berry. So yep. like he is E-E-R-R-Y. a unique, he's a unique doctor who has humbled himself instead of staying on the, staying with all the doctor's sheep. He stepped away from the sheep and said, you know what? think I was wrong and then he did his own research and now he is giving that to his patients which is wonderful and you are here today telling us about your story and about Ken Dr. Ken and you tell us about your story and how you've had the type 1 diabetes for decades and you've been uh, eating the ketogenic diet now for three and a half years and you're already 
having, you have so much improvement in your life and this is a disease that's not going to go away, but you're helping to control it. Again, healing yourself with keto. Oh my gosh. I think that's so awesome. Is it not I'm going to get a hallelujah. I'm telling you, I am, (laughs) I am, I am really blown away. I feel so much more educated in such a short time. It really, I'm shocked. Well, we but, talked about this because you and I've talked about this about in the 80s or in the 60s, 50s, we talked about 60s, on the last whatever. episode. It 70s, was a full yeah. fat diet. Mm-hmm. We went into war and all these things. We had to promote keeping food safe. Um, I've done, I've read articles about how mm-hmm. canning started the, this process of. Well, sugars was preservative. Right. And uh, it was cheap. Um, yeah. But how do you get everybody to buy into it instead and, of, you know, hydrogenated fat was cheap to make. So, yeah. and you need and things it stays. to f- fill people up. Yeah. And then, and others to give them a quick feeling of fullness. And then yeah. two hours later, turn around and make you hungry. So you'll continue to eat more and consume more products. And I think people <laughs> thought back then for sure that the fat was the problem. I think there was, there was a study. I know there was a study. I read it. There was a study, it was, that but said, it was never proved, but it wasn't proved, but we went with it anyway. <laughs> well, somebody decided it was a good idea. So that's when all the processing of our foods jumped way up and it was in the 70s well, and 80s because and there were people making money off of it. I was going to say it all go it all has to go back down to money because surely yeah. with all of the proof that's coming about with people with sugar and and with our obesity rate going like this whenever they took fat out of the diet and made low fat this non fat this and instead added it's the chemicals sugar, and added sugar. the chemicals yeah. its logic is that's what happened but they don't it's like Someone said back then fat is bad and they listened and they changed things. But now it's like, no, wait, wait, fat's not bad. Sugar's bad. Oh, but we're not going to change stuff because we're making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, so and you we still have leave. doctors that say that keto is dangerous. You have doctors know, that so say insane. that it's mm-hmm. not sustainable, that it's right. not safe. They say that, um, you know, eating a balanced, right, right. a balanced um, lifestyle with food, having carbohydrates are good for you, sugars, all these things. All, all sugar is sugar. It's all different. Like breaking down glucose and what's the other one that's made with? fructose, glucose. It's right. all the same. It doesn't matter if it's refined right, or if it right. comes from an apple. Your body still responds, body and we know that because the same. she has to adjust insulin for any of those things just the same. Yeah. Right. So if you right. eat an apple or you eat candy, your the, her insulin intake is not different because she had an apple versus candy. Right. Your body if she eats the same wait, was amount, that an apple or was that candy? Right. <laughs> if body. she eats it, she has an exact amount of insulin that has to be in the body for it, correct? Right. That's how I've learned or how I've found out that it doesn't really matter so much. Now, obviously there are going to be more vitamins and minerals in the apple than there will be in the candy. So that is going right. to be the difference, but really it still is registered in the body as sugar. The reaction to processing sugar in your body is the same. Yes. If you eat an apple that has some vitamins and minerals added to it, there's some little benefit there. Yeah. Right, right. But it's but still... my body doesn't know the difference between an apple and a candy bar. Right. It just knows it got a little bit of minerals and a little bit it's, of vitamins. It's actually just about how fast it's processed because an apple has fiber. It slows down the process of breaking it down in your belly, whereas refined sugar just goes straight to your bloodstream. But it's the same either way. Just one is delayed reaction and one is immediate. Yeah. 
I know. And then they say that you, you need, your brain needs carbs. You mm-hmm. need carbs no. for energy. Like you hear this over and over. It's like, yeah, I mean, that why is, are you so stubborn? Right. Is it possible that's not true? Because there's a lot of people proving you're wrong. So again, if you do your research on gluconeogenesis. This so, is where the fancy words come in. <laughs> you know, that's what I was just thinking. Ooh, let's, your let's liver is responsible for the gluconeogenesis. Your yeah. brain runs off of glucose. When you don't consume carbohydrates, people, like you just said, wrongly believe that you cannot function without them. But what happens when you don't eat carbohydrates or you eat very low carbohydrates, your liver goes through gluconeogenesis, which produces the glucose that you need to fuel your brain. And once you become fat adapted, it, it works doesn't the same it, yeah, way. Yeah. Knowledge bombs, y'all. Yeah, she's so proud. She's just, she isn't Ashley. She's just like, get it, mom. Yeah. <laughs> what she said, y'all. But no, but seriously, this is, so the all this information this is how my journey, right, has is what it is. This is why I made I made the choices that I made and I make the choices that I make. Even though I'm not diabetic, her results, it's always been really hard for her to lose weight. So when you see somebody who is diabetic and they're dropping weight like the way she was, and I'm like, okay, this is the only thing I haven't tried. Our body styles are very similar. Even though I was not pre-diabetic, I didn't have any issues that with, you knew of that I knew of. Be fair, let's be fair that I knew yes. of. Um, I didn't have anything that I knew of that was an indicator. Um, certainly, probably would have had it that way. I'm sure the way I was eating, but even without that, I seeing her lose her weight and feeling so much better. That is the reason that I even started my journey. Yeah. And when I started researching, I would call her and ask her like, what does this mean? You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. she, she is knowledge. the reason that I am keto. Yeah. Yeah. She has a lot of knowledge. She's done a ton of research. And the biggest thing that, like she said earlier about doctors continuing to just not take the research from 50 years ago and say, yeah, let's just continue to apply this to question it, to always question it. That is something that she's taught me my entire life. You can't just take the answer. If you, if you begin to question, or if you want to know an answer and no one can give it to you, you've got to go hunt it down. And so that's what she did for her own self. That's what she encouraged me to do. And I have just always challenged anything that's been said when there's no answer for an additional question. It's like, oh, well, it was just from the research from 50 years ago. That is not, no, that's no longer serves right. me. It's that's, not good enough for me anymore. So great. somebody has to know, and why, why is that not happening more often? Why, why do doctors, and I talked about this in a story the other day. It's like, I need a new primary. My main concern is finding somebody that believes in modern medical science, has some information on keto, um, is either open to it, because it's super important to me. And if it's helping my mom who does have a chronic illness because of her willingness to not take like just what was said about the research or about dieting or about, and she had done everything and I had done everything to see her have such great success. It made me want to do that same thing. And now I understand that we have a problem. Yeah. Not, you know, obviously keto is not going to be, uh, 
for every single person in the world. There's going to be some people that it doesn't work for that have other um, chronic illnesses or problems, but there are a lot of people that don't think they can do keto that can. And this is a prime example. That's what I'm thinking. Listening to her. And I'm like, how many people are sitting there going, wait a minute. My doctor said I couldn't do it. I think a funny story. Say, oh, tell us. So about five years ago when I moved to Georgia from Virginia, I got a new endocrinologist, which is supposed to be a diabetic specialist. They're the ones who study the diseases of the endocrine system, which diabetes is one of those. So I went, you have to meet with a nutritionist first. And I wasn't even into keto then. I was just into eating low carb because of other research that I had done at the time. So keto wasn't as big a thing as it is now five years ago. So uh, I had to meet with the nutritionist first before I could even meet with a doctor. So I go to my nutritionist appointment and she's like, so let's talk about your carb count because counting carbs is still a big part of the American Diabetic Association diet. So she's like, you should be eating this many carbs and this much protein. And I said, well, I don't eat that many carbs. I you know, I probably have maybe two servings of carbs a day. She said, you should be eating more carbs. That's not healthy for you. And I said, what do you mean that's not healthy? The less carbs I eat, the better I feel. And I have to take less insulin. Now, again, I wasn't doing it to the degree I am today, but I even understood that back then. And she actually argued with me. This is a licensed nutritionist that works in an endocrinology office. So a diabetic specialist office who is arguing with me about that. I need to eat more carbs to be healthy. I told her, I said, well, I'm not going to do that. And she said, well, I'm not sure that we can proceed with seeing the doctor if you're not even going to comply with the dietary recommendations. I said, okay, not a problem. I turned around and walked out and never went back. Good for you. And so I found a, just a GP, a medical practitioner who was willing to work with me with my diabetes saying that I've been managing it mostly myself for the last 20 some years. I've never had a complication since I was in my young twenties and stupid and didn't do what I was supposed to do. And um, so they are, they do exist. Mm -hmm. And working with your own doctor is very important. But here's the deal. If you don't find somebody who supports you, find another one. Yes. We yeah, I mean, obviously, know. if you're asking for prescription pain kills and pain kills and they don't go to you, <laughs> don't follow this advice. <laughs> we're well, not track tra- all that. We're now, not talking so about drugs here. No, you, I'm just kidding. You can't get away I'm with it anymore. But no, really, seriously, if you if you have found something that like for me, I have found something that works. If somebody tells me that it's unhealthy and they tell me that I should gain 85 more pounds and eat the carbs that I was eating before. How is that going to be right? That's That's going to put me at risk for diabetes and other heart disease, all those things. Right. So I want to find somebody who supports me. That's yeah, for sure. And that's something that I was going to say a little while ago. It's like, how can not eating sugar ever be bad for you? Like how can not eating sugar ever be bad for you? That is the most 
ludicrous thing I've ever heard. I'm not saying, you know, just tell your doctor no and go find somebody, you know, but if it's important to you and you have improved your health by any amount and your doctor says it's not healthy or they're arguing or not right. Arguing with you or not willing to do their own research or even listen to the research you've done or have a conversation, right. Then what, you know, if the goal is to take care of the patient, is that what we're doing? Right. No, that's not what they're, they're just like, look, it's like, check, check, check. Right. Once again, very outdated information (laughs) in some, in some cases, we're talking about studies that were 50, 60, a hundred years ago that they're applying that science to 2020 and it is not, you know, it's not always current and we've learned more. The BMI thingy is old as well. They right. haven't updated that either. It's like, what did, they used it for a specific body. Yeah, it's they not didn't so take all bodies into account. Dr. Barry suggested that BMI is useless and said that your waist yes. to height yes. ratio is what you should be going by. That's it. It's not a chart. Right. It is an individual measurement. And if it's, what did he say, 0.5 or less, you're good. If it's over 0.5, then you need to work on getting that gut down. Right, exactly. That's why I, I focus That's on That's an indicator the, yeah. of your actual cardiovascular and Right, because visceral health. fat, visceral which is absolutely. held in the in the yep. abdomen, is the most dangerous place to store when fat When have you ever body. heard a doctor? I've never, I've, I've never, never even heard of that. Visceral fat ever. I had to learn it myself. And I said, okay, I need that gone because I don't want to get all these diseases that all that's going to cause. Right, because cause. it smothers your organs, really. Exactly. It's I mean, covering your vital, like, not for protection, yeah, like some of the people say. Right. It's my organ protection. Yeah, well, no, the fat, fat that's carried in the abdomen is the most dangerous. So, it is your heart attack wrapped around your waist. Right. But cool. I think people don't like to think outside of people have a hard time challenging that authority and saying what is best for me because we're not talking about anybody else you have to worry about you that means doing your own research that means testing things out that means finding a doctor that works for you the masses aren't questioning the doctor the masses aren't knowing that they can go to a different doctor but i think a lot of people don't know any better i I really come from that well and you're right it, it has less to do with keto, though. It's how we're all raised right, and what's right. ingrained what in society. Yeah. As right. doctors are an authority figure that you don't question, and, and they always right. have your best interest at heart, and, and they, they know always best. know better. It's okay it's... to question medical advice regardless of who is giving it to you. We just don't know these things, and there are so many people that don't know, and the fact that you're being, A, generous enough, and B, brave enough to step up and say, hey... This is what I did. And you have now given people something to think about. And it's really about their health and about taking charge of their health and saying, hey, wait, I need a doctor that's my partner. I mean, that is stuck in my head. I mean, that is huge what you said, because we don't know that. And now if you're listening to this, now you know. Ashley, you said you're looking for a doctor that obviously doesn't necessarily specialize in keto because there's not that many. I don't really think there's that. But open to discuss and hear about your experience and how in your history with health and fitness and and wellness and all. And um, you're doing that. And I think that's, that's so admirable. And then the fact that your mom, you know, she obviously did that having to walk out of that diet, that dietitian, dietitian, is that the right nutritionist office and not go to the doctor because she wouldn't, you know, move her forward to the doctor because she wasn't going to do what she's telling her to do. 
that right there took a lot of guts. And the fact that you're telling that story and actually you're sharing about, you know, that, that's empowering to the people listening. That's empowering to me listening to the two of y'all talk. And it makes me want to make sure and get a doctor that's going to listen to me, partner with me, and that's going to listen to my personal history of health and wellness, not just look at the textbook and check off the checks and then move on. Like, this is huge. That's all. I want y'all to know how big this is. And I'm just so happy that you came and did this. This is huge. So I know it's not convenient to to try out different doctors before you decide on one, but I totally would encourage you to do that if you don't find one like you you know hit the jackpot the first time you go to somebody get a recommendation first yeah, of all I would recommend ask around your friends people that you know do they like their doctor have a conversation what do you talk about when you go there like what kind of things are they advocating so just that you want that kind of open conversation right, right. and the point. doctor a willingness to learn right. to Absolutely. research more like that willingness to learn and want to learn that's a huge indication that that person is willing to you know be on a path of discovery right if they yeah. don't know they want to do that with you which like she said signals a willingness to also partner with you to, to yeah, take your information, mm -hmm. even though you're not a doctor right. and say, this is important to my patient. I'm going to invest the time in them and in the things that are important to them. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. I think we can all agree that the three of us challenging, doing what we've done, we're now living our best lives. We feel great. We have, you know, the clarity we're taking control we, back of our lives. Control yeah. back. So so like, listen to this, you know, like, listen to what we're saying. Don't just listen to what you keep hearing. Listen to things like this as well. And perhaps you, something will click in your brain and you'll be open to challenge, to grow, to do all the things. So that way that you're also living your best life, because isn't that what we all want to do? Yeah. I mean, challenge, sure. challenging yourself and the lives of others are, are is, is essentially how we figure out who we are yeah, and how we're going to become successful for ourselves because we can all tell our stories. They're all very different right. and they're going to continue to be different. And the biggest thing is if you continue to challenge yourself and the others around you, everybody gets better by yes, finding out their own benefits. answers. Everybody, yes. everybody wins. Everybody Yay. wins. Yes, and I always yes, say yes. like, when you become better, you become a better part of your society and your community and you make others better in the process. Even if all you've done is question, you've made someone think about the information that they already have. And yeah. there's a chance you may unlock something for somebody else. So I think it's so important, so important to share our journeys because yes. the conversation can change the information, yeah. right? It can yeah. change the information that we all know that we've been given. We can challenge that. And, you know, the small group is getting larger and larger. That's how change happens. Yes. There may be one day from, you know, 10 to 15 years from now, where they look back and they say, this was the marker. This is where we found out that we could change the health of America. Like we don't know that. Doesn't it? So I'm, I'm so open to that, to finding out, you know, what that's, what, you know, if that's even possible, if that's going to happen, I think it's, we're, yeah. we're hearing more about keto and more about low carb living than we ever have. I mean, there's yeah. so much propaganda now that just did not exist before. Mm -hmm. That is such an exciting thing to be part of. And I just want to encourage everybody to keep challenging what, you know, what you've been told, what has always been status quo. Right. Mm -hmm. And 
seek the journey for yourself. Find what works for you. Your health is important and you, you have the key to unlock that. No one has it, but you, you've got to do the research and figure it out. That's good stuff. Well, this was great. Thank you, Diana, for coming. Thank you for being our very first guest. It was so good. So enlightening. I feel empowered and I feel I, I, I'm going to drive my husband crazy because I'm going to talk his ear off for a good 30 minutes <laughs> about all the it's things. good information, man. Oh, it's so valuable. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you all for listening and we will see y'all on the next episode. Bye guys. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. You can find and connect with us over on Instagram at more than just keto. Don't forget to subscribe so that you never miss out on the fun. We'll see you next time.